Welcome to episode 27 of the Pro Wrestling Happenings Podcast. I am your host, Marcos Canales. AEW had its second event, Fighter Fest, and it is in the books. So I wanted to go through the card and share my thoughts on all of the matches. Uh, like I always do, I'm going to start with the match I cared for the least and work myself up to the match I like the most. So starting off with the pre-show hardcore match between Michael Nakazawa and Alex Jabaley. This was definitely my least favorite match on the card. Even though it had its moments and it was entertaining for what it was, it's just not the type of match that really interests interests me. Um, a hardcore matches to begin with aren't really my cup of tea, and then the fact that it was a comedy hardcore match involving a non-wrestler, all of that just added up to uh, a match that I could have, you know, not done with. So... Um, definitely uh, low the lowest match on my list even though it like I said it, it had its entertaining moments and was probably good for what it was next up Ali versus Leva Bates and this was an interesting an interesting match because of its placement in the pre-show in between the tag team three-way match and the hardcore match so I don't know if it necessarily did the promotion any favors because even though, again, it wasn't a horrible match by any stretch of the imagination, the librarian gimmick that Liv Bates was trying to pull off didn't quite click with the crowd and it was very evident and it did take some steam out of the whole event. So I don't know if it was the placement on the card or her not having a chance to really connect to her gimmick in order to get it across to the fans. Whatever it was, it just didn't quite work, even though the in-ring stuff was pretty decent. I was also a little bit surprised that Allie was her opponent. I think up in up in the lead-up to this entire thing, it was rumored that Kaylee Ray was going to be the one in this match. And knowing that going into it, it was hard not to see Allie as a Kylie Ray substitute they have very similar personalities at least this version of Allie had a very similar personality uh, very bubbly and energetic which admittedly I'm not as familiar with Allie I just know her time in impact with Rosemary which is obviously a very different character so I don't know if that was something that she was also doing before then um, but the the gimmicks were just a little bit too samey for me to really glom on to what Allie was doing even though I think she did a, a fine job with it maybe it's because again I, I know Allie's more from her latter day impact stuff so I was expecting something a little bit different from her and maybe there's still time for that maybe she has, she'll have a chance to give a little bit more edge to her character but if we have two and this is unfair to them but I think it's the easiest comparison but we have two Bailey I don't want to say knockoffs, but that's just the the, the phrasing that comes to mind. Because uh, honestly, I don't know who who did it first. Maybe maybe Allie was the original, and Bailey's a Allie ripoff. Who knows? But since Bailey's the more commonly known wrestler, um, okay, I'm just rambling now. Having those types of characters and having too many of them could lead to a little bit of staleness. So hopefully. 
um, we'll see something a little bit different from Allie once she really starts getting into um, her time in AEW. So an okay match, but the librarian gimmick kind of feeling like it was DOA and Allie subbing in for someone else. All of that led to a match that just wasn't strong, in my opinion. But I do think that there's still a lot of potential for Leva Bates' librarian gimmick. Maybe it was just the wrong crowd to debut it with. Maybe had it been, you know, an, an early match on the main card, maybe it would have given them a little bit more of a break as opposed to just doing it on the pre-show. Because I think a lot of the criticism that I read online was the buy-in should be a chance for for people to get a glimpse of what the promotion has to offer. And if that was something that... I don't know if necessarily the librarian gimmick is the strongest hand to play in that in that situation. Whereas if it had been somewhere in the early to mid card of the main event, maybe it would have had a little bit more forgiveness. Who knows? But I don't think that they should necessarily give up on the librarian gimmick. They just need to fine-tune it and set up Leva Bates to be successful with it. Um, so I, that's just my two cents on, on what happened in that particular match. But I, I do think that there's some legs there. Uh, next up was the opening match of the main card, which was Christopher Daniels versus Shima. Shima won. Um, a good opening match. It kind of checked all the boxes I would expect from an opening match between these two. Uh, good action, good pace. Um, I was glad that Shima was the one who won because, like I talked about in my predictions episode, OWE needs a little bit of a rub, and I was expecting that at double or nothing. So I was really happy that uh, Christopher Daniels was able to put Shima over and maybe give a little bit more credibility to OWE. Um, but again, it was a, a fine match, everything I would expect from these two, but maybe it was because it did feel like something we've seen before. Um, that's why it didn't necessarily rank very highly on my list. Uh, next up, the four-way match. Adam Page versus MGF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy. Uh, Adam Page won, and I guess he's going to go on to face Kip Sabian at Fight for the Fallen. And multi-person matches aren't usually my favorite types of stipulations, uh, even though I did think they used it effectively. And what I mean by that is, for the most part, I think everyone got their time to shine, and we got a pretty good understanding of these four wrestlers, with the exception of Jimmy Havoc. I felt like he was the odd man out because his showcase moments weren't as strong as the others because I really don't feel like I know Jimmy Havoc any more now than when he, we started the match. And I think that would have been a great opportunity for his character to get across, his style to get across more. I guess just based on what I know about him, I always felt like he was more of a hardcore type of wrestler. And that style may not mesh well with this type of match. So I think he was at a little bit of a disadvantage. I just didn't feel like I got a good grasp of him and his talent after this match was done. Whereas we got to see Adam Page establish himself as, you know, a top strong guy. And um, his personality, his character, his style all came across really clearly. Same thing with Jungle Boy. He's the high flyer. 
MJF is the heel, and he had a great opportunity to be the most heelish heel he could be with that opening promo and his his shenanigans throughout the entire match. Even Luchasaurus, I felt like, got um, some shine as well because he was there to help out Jungle Boy, and they had that fun spot where he comes out on Luchasaurus's shoulders and he saved his friend and all those things. So even... Even I felt Luchasaurus got some some highlights in this match more so than even Jimmy Havoc did. And I'm not saying that to take anything away from Jimmy Havoc. He is one of those names that I was somewhat familiar with before AEW started. But again, everything I've heard about him didn't match up with what I saw in this match. At the end of the day, Adam Page won. And I was a little bit disappointed with that that result because... Since it was a four-way match, I could have easily seen MJF win against Jungle Boy or Jimmy Havoc and keep his heel heat going. I don't necessarily think Adam Page needed the win, especially since all it's really going to do is set up a match with Kip Sabian at another free event. So I thought this was just a great chance for someone else to get the rub. And logically that person should have been MJF even though he did have some good moments and he was able to further establish his character uh, I just thought it would have, good, would have been a good chance for him to get a win but again it was a good match all in all um, that Tower of Doom suplex into MJF was probably the highlight for me but other than that nothing else really stood out so um, while it was a decent match it wasn't the best match of the night by any stretch of the imagination. Next up, we have the three-way match between Nyla Rose, Riho, and Yuka Sakazaki. Um, maybe it was because there was one less player in the game, but I felt like this match was a little bit stronger. I did get a better sense and feel of what they all brought to the table and what they can do in the future. It made sense, and it was a good, it was good storytelling as well with Riho and Yuka being reluctant allies to take on the bigger Nyla Rose. Um, Nyla Rose herself has some really standout moments, whether it be her power-based moves, but then also showing some agility with that that top rope knee drop, which was unexpected. I do think the setup could have been a little bit better because Riho was just hanging out there for a little while, so it wasn't as smooth as it could have been. But it was a great chance for Nyla to to show what she can do. And I think she did that. Riho and Yuka did that. Um, the finish was a little bit a little bit wonkier than I would have liked with just a simple roll-up by Riho, uh, who ended up winning the match. But I did like the aftermath where Riho and Yuka had some tension. And even though it feels a little samey to what uh, Io Shirai is doing in NXT, I was more excited about the possibility of seeing Riho and Yuka Sakazaki down the line, which is what I would have liked to see in this, uh, on this card. I've said it before, I think a singles match between Riho and Yuka maybe would have been a better showcase for them, whereas Nyla could have a monster three-way with, say, like, Aja Kong and Awesome Kong, or one of those two, which admittedly would be a very different feeling match. But I feel like those three characters bring skills that would complement each other. And that's not to say that Nyla didn't bring skills that complemented Riho and Yuka. I think ultimately all three of them worked a really good match. But 
the booking just seemed more logical if those two separate matches happened instead of this one. But admittedly, it was still a good match, and I'll, all three had good moments, and um, I'll, I'll eat my words, I guess. Even though I would have preferred two different matches, it was, at the end of the day, a good match, so props to them. Next up, we have the non-sanctioned match between John Moxley versus Joey Janela, in which John Moxley won, and that was the clearest no-brainer of the night. We all knew John Moxley was going to win this because it just made sense for him to to win this kind of match. And while I am not traditionally a fan of these kinds of matches, like I said with the hardcore match and the pre-show, they're not my cup of tea. Um, you know, I was never an ECW guy back in the day. Even the hardcore stuff that WWF and WCW never really resonated with me. So I have to admit that I tuned out a little bit during this match because, um, again, it's just not something that I necessarily like. I'm not a big fan of hardcore matches, non-sanctioned matches, death matches. But all that said, I do respect what uh, John Moxley and Joey Janela did, putting their bodies on the line in such a, a brutal type match. But even then, I also have to say that it didn't really exceed any expectations either. Um, it just felt like a run-of-the-mill hardcore match. And maybe I was expecting a little bit more just based on the reputations of these two guys. But I doubt AEW would would allow them to really go all out when it comes to a non-sanctioned match. Because that could ruffle some feathers and may not be on brand for what they want to be in the future so while it did feel like a standard hardcore match um, I still have to to applaud them for for telling a good story and again pulling out some of the stops not all of the stops maybe because someone might have died in that situation but um, but I, I give them props even though it may not have been my favorite kind of match I still think that they were very successful with it. Uh, next up, we have the the six-man tag match between the Elite versus the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid, which the Elite won. And it was some good setup, I think, with all of the behind-the-scenes shenanigans during the pre-show and the riffs on the, the Fire Festival built up nicely to, to this match, especially the reveal of... Uh, the elite having the Street Fighter themed costumes, which I thought was a pretty fun thing. Um, but the reason why this match isn't higher on my list, even though it is number three, I think it was kind of echoing what I said with a non-sanctioned match. Everything you would expect in a six-man match involving these six performers. Again, I don't feel like anything revolutionary or... Uh, astonishing really happened but it was a very solid fun match which I, I I I tend to like the styles of these performers more than say a Moxley or a Janela and so I was already a fan of, of this type of match but I was also hoping to be wowed a little bit more and I don't really feel like I was at least compared to what I've seen from them in the past so I know that's a very high bar that they've set and they don't necessarily need to hit it or clear it every single time but 
maybe I was maybe I'm spoiled and I just wanted more from it, but it was still a lot of fun. Uh, again, good setup, good action, good storytelling. Uh, so all in all, a, a really strong match from these six. Uh, next up, I have Cody versus Darby Allen, which didn't have a winner. It went to a time limit draw, which I wasn't expecting at all. And maybe that's why it is a little bit higher than some other matches that stylistically I liked more because I felt like this one was slower paced, more of a traditional wrestling match, which sounds like a backhanded compliment when I didn't mean it that way. But when it comes to the type of action I like the most, that tends to be what the Bucks and Kenny Omega bring. Uh, something a little bit faster paced, something a little bit uh, leans on the high flying a little bit more. Whereas Cody is more of a traditional wrestler, and this was a very traditional wrestling match. And so when I f- first started watching it, I was like, I don't know if this is really, really doing it for me until I started to realize what they were doing. And Cody essentially putting over Darby Allen um, throughout the entire thing, whether it be him uh, selling for him really strongly or just telling a really good story where it felt like the entitled legacy Cody Rhodes picking on the outsider Darby Allen uh, and Darby not giving in, being that underdog, fighting back. And it all worked really well when I when I thought about it and when it ended, I was like, wow, that was a lot better than I was initially giving it credit for. And it goes back to just great storytelling between the two. So yes, the style and pace may not line up with what I'm really into right now, but as a wrestling match, it was it was really strong and really great. And I give them all the credit in the world. And I know that the ending, um, at least what happened after the countout, um, is a little bit up for debate. Um, but going back to the countout component, I, I again, I wasn't, I never in a million years would have thought of a time limit draw. <laughs> and the fact that they actually went there and it was the perfect ending to the match, that's why I give them so much credit and kudos because when it comes to the actual in-ring story, it was the best of the night. And that's two for two for Cody when it comes to the story element aspect as opposed to the action aspect. So if Cody continues to just tell great stories in the ring, then I'm I'm all in, no pun intended, on AEW because he knows what he's doing. And Darby Allen was a star at the end of this match. And while I'd known a little bit about him beforehand, I really understood why people talk so highly about Darby Allen. And hopefully this is just the the start of a really strong career with him in AEW. Um, but now going back to the very end of this match where Sean Spears came in and uh, did an unprotected chair shot on Cody. I understand that this is very controversial to some people. I guess I didn't really see it as a huge deal, and that sounds horrible, I know, because we all know that brain injuries are no joke, whether it be in wrestling or football or other sports. Concussions and CTE are real risks and real things that need to be addressed uh, when it comes to performing and wrestling and 
playing sports, so I don't want to diminish the importance of of head trauma. That's not my my intention. Maybe it's because I grew up in the attitude area era where this was standard and this happened all the time and maybe I'm desensitized to it. Um and I just wasn't squeamish when I saw it and even though logically I understand that the ramifications of a chair shot like that are real. I trust the performers and if it's a risk that Cody wanted to take, I'm not going to tell him not to. That said, I don't necessarily need to see stuff like that. And so as an artist or as a performer, I feel like wrestlers know their bodies more than fans and spectators and they can they're adults they can they can do what they want to entertain and so from that aspect I understand what the point was and why they did what they did as a spectator though I don't need to necessarily see a ton of chair shots I think chair shots across the board are just uninteresting they're shock for shock's sake and I think that's what they were kind of going with this one and maybe it didn't quite go as planned, but I want I want more from AEW just than to be a diluted attitude area era WWF. And I don't necessarily think they're going to do that, but that's what I think of when I see spots like that. And it didn't entertain me then, it doesn't really entertain me now. But I'm not offended by it. And I do hope that they protect themselves more in the future because it was a pretty sick-looking chair shot. Um, But they're also adults. And um, if that's something they want to do, okay. And I know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I guess it's just a long-winded way of me saying that I didn't find the chair shot offensive, but I don't necessarily need to see that again. So those are my two cents on on that whole debacle. So that leaves the match of the night, in my opinion, which was also the very first match of the entire event, which was the three-way match between Best Friend, SoCal Uncensored, and Private Party. And I think that the success of this event was how many new stars were created and Private Party were some of those stars. I think they had a great outing, a great showcase for them. I don't tend to like three-way tag matches, especially the way they're constructed like this one where only two competitors are in the ring. It just feels clunky because then people have to figure out ways to tag in and out. But even I felt like these three teams made that work in their favor. They had some pretty inventive ways of tagging in and out, which worked. I, I've been really hard on these kind of matches in WWE because they don't feel natural. And even though this one didn't feel natural either, I think they did their best with the setup. Um, and like I said, Private Party was the standouts. Um, that that top rope Rana into a cutter it was just a crazy move that resonated with me. It stuck with me. That's one of those things I'll remember from this event was that that spot. I was happy that Best Friends won because that was the right call. I think they're in that perfect position of maybe being a little bit more established while also being 
kind of new to this audience and their characters are pretty fun their chemistry is off the charts and the fact that people pop so loudly while two beefy dudes are hugging in the middle of the ring like that's just cool like to me that's what can really set AEW apart uh, compared to some other promotions Honestly, I think that, uh, you know, best friends have more chemistry than some real-life couples that are being shoved down our throats in other promotions. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so I'm really glad that, that best friends won this match. They'll go on to this convoluted tag team title scene. But if they're one of the cornerstones of that division, then it's going to be off the charts, and it's really going to put AEW on the map. And that's what I'm excited for. Uh, so yeah, definitely a, f- a fun match, which I wasn't really expecting. I would have thought that this type of match would have been lower on my my favorites list, but here it is at the top because um, you know really interesting teams, good action, good pacing, lots of near falls, which I'm a sucker for. Um, I think it became a lot more fun when it became more chaotic, uh, and that's why I think they really turned this this contrived three-way tag team match into something that was was gold in my opinion so uh, thanks to all of those who were in that particular match so yeah that is going to wrap up my quick reactions to AEW Fighter Fest overall I thought it was a pretty fun event I have to say though I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if I'd put $40 down um, but I think that knowing that it was a free event. Maybe that's why it didn't hit as high of highs like Double or Nothing did. But for a, a wrestling show, I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked the whole Firefest gimmick and them riffing on it. And I was also glad that that was relegated to the pre-show. They didn't have a lot of it peppered in through the main event, which I was okay with because um, it did it made it feel like the flow was really good it was not a lot of wasted time or energy, which was refreshing in my opinion. So all in all, I thought AEW Fighter Fest was a fun, a fun event. Uh, we'll see what they decide to do in the future. I'm probably a little bit more excited for Fight for the Fallen now that I can see what they are doing with these types of shows, um, building up to All Out. And that will definitely be a highlight in my opinion is we'll see what they're going to do with All Out. So... Again, had fun, good show, and I'm really happy with what AEW is doing right now. So those are my takes on this particular event. If you want to hear more, listen to my other episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at PW Happenings. And until next time, take it easy, everybody.